Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hey, welcome. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Day. We've made it. I hope you're, uh, you've had a fantastic morning uh, online in the, in the room. Who was up early this morning? Who was up early this morning? Okay, a lot of people up early this morning, particularly if you've got young kids. Uh, maybe you're up early even if you don't have young kids. But uh, I'm not sure anybody can beat my morning. I was woken up this morning. Uh, I turned across cross to the clock and it said 2.07 a.m. I'm like, come on. One of our kids has again come into our room, but actually it wasn't because it was Christmas morning. It was because they're afraid of the dark and this happens every night. Every night I have a visitor. We have a visitor into our room because there is a little bit of fear in the dark. I'm not going to embarrass you by putting, getting you to put your hand up to see if you're afraid of the dark this morning. There might be a few adults still. But uh, there is actually a fancy name for being afraid of the dark. It's called nyctophobia. Nyctophobia. It means fear of the dark. And uh, I know it's a day of joy, but I just want to pause here for a minute and, uh, and get some of the kids to help me out this morning. It wouldn't be Christmas at Gateway without some chocolates being thrown into the crowd. Uh, but I would love your help, kids, and your help online as well to help me figure out some other fancy names, what they mean, what their fears of. Okay, so nyctophobia is a fear of the dark. And I'm going to throw some uh, other words up here. And if you know what th- they are a fear of, I'd love you to stick your hand up. And if you're correct, you're going to get some chocolate cheer this morning. So first up, really quite simple one. Most of us have heard of this. Uh, where is it? It's uh, up on the screen. Claustrophobia. What is claustrophobia a fear of? Over here. Yeah. Fear of small enclosed spaces. Well done. Let's give her a round of applause. Good job. I would say that for me, this is my number one fear. I cannot stand being stuck in small enclosed spaces. I went to visit um, uh, that, that mine disaster in Tasmania a few years ago and saw the little cage that they'd been in for however long. And man, I wouldn't have made it out of there, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, all right, next up. Next up, uh, this one is a very common fear. Arachnophobia up the back there in the yellow. A fear of spiders. Well done. Can you catch? Probably more importantly, can I throw? <laughs> Very good, we made it. Yes, arachnophobia is a fear of spiders. 30% of us have a fear of spiders. Uh, I've got spiders in my fridge at the moment, chocolate spiders. I'm not afraid of them at all. I'm looking forward to eating them. But uh, if you have a fear of spiders, you have arachnophobia. All right, next one. Uh, this is a little bit trickier, not as obvious. Orthino, uh, or, I can't even say it, ornithophobia. This is a, a fear that my wife has. Anyone know ornithophobia? What is that a fear of? A fear of birds. Well done. Round of applause and a couple of chocolates. Very good. Very good. Yeah, ornithophobia is a fear of birds. My wife has a fear of birds. I thought it might be fun to give her a Christmas gift as a uh, voucher to the Currumbin Wildlife Sanctuary with all the birds. Uh, no, only kidding. She would hate that. Uh, great. Okay, last one. Oh, last uh, one that you're going to get a chocolate for. Oh, no, two more actually. Aquaphobia. This is probably a fear that not many people have all the way up the back. Give us a big shout. It's a fear of water. That's right. Now I'm going to try and throw this. I need a bit of a run up. All right. Ready? Got your hands up? Ready? 
Okay, close, well caught. Great catch. I'm not gonna make the Olympics for javelin, let's just say that. Aquaphobia is a fear of water. Not many Queenslanders have a fear of the beach. Some of your kids might be a bit afraid of the shower. I don't know. Okay, last one. Last one, this is kind of obvious. Um, That's what we're talking about today. Angelophobia. Angelophobia, you've probably never heard of it before. Right here. A fear of angels, well done. Merry Christmas, there you go. Angelophobia. Angelophobia is actually a real thing and it is a fear of angels. Very bizarre kind of fear to have, but actually if you read the Bible, it's pretty obvious to see that angels have actually inspired fear in a lot of people. You read the Christmas story and there's a lot of angelophobia in the, uh, the story of Jesus' birth. Uh, when Zachariah uh, had visitation from an angel to tell him that his wife would be pregnant, Zechariah ended up being uh, Jesus' uncle. Uh, he was terrified. He was terrified. The Bible says that Zechariah was terrified startled and gripped with fear. And then the angel, the first words that the angel said to him were, do not be afraid. There's a lot of angelophobia and always the angels turn up and they say, do not be afraid. We see it in Mary's story. Mary uh, had a visit, Jesus' mother had a visit from an angel telling her what was gonna happen uh, in the next little while that, uh, that she would be with child. And, uh, and, and it terrified her. It says she was greatly troubled, that the Bible tells us. But the angel said, do not be afraid. We even see it with Joseph, Mary's fiance. When an angel shows up to him in a dream, and tells him that, uh, that Mary is going to have a child and that child will be the son of God. He's freaking out. The Bible says he's terrified. But once again, the angel says, what does it say? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. These angels were probably terrifying to people, people who hadn't ever seen a movie or special effects or even basic art just materializing out of nowhere. They must have been incredibly afraid that the Bible says, do not, or the angels say, do not be afraid. It's exactly the same thing that happened with the shepherds in the fields at night. And Mary, that very first Christmas, she gave birth to Jesus and lay him in a manger, wrapped him in cloths, laid him to rest. And then God chose to share with the world the good news. But he didn't choose to do it through a press conference or through the rulers of the the, the day. He chose to reveal his truth, his news to humble shepherds in the field. This is what Luke tells us in chapter two. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory shone around them and they were terrified. This angel just appeared and they were terrified. An angel turned up, they were scared stiff, they were were petrified. But what do you think the angel said to them? Can you say it? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. 
In that moment, as the angels appeared to the shepherds, they, they, they were full of fear as they saw this angel. But the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you great news of joy. And if that wasn't enough, as the angel to kind of appears to the shepherds, all of a sudden, in that moment, the heavenly host appears and a whole choir of heavenly creatures start singing glory and praise to God. They say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. The whole of heaven erupts. These poor shepherds, absolutely scared witless. But there is great joy. There is peace on earth to all mankind. And so the shepherds, they huddled together in fear. But after the, after the angels disappeared, they hurried into the town. And they saw Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger. And after they saw the baby, they said, they returned back to their fields and they glorified and praised God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. All the promises of the angel were revealed in Jesus, this baby in a manger. And the shepherds were filled with peace and joy. Now, these shepherds had been full of fear in the fields, but as they drew near to Jesus, they became full of peace and joy. And it wasn't just about what Jesus' birth meant in that moment. This was Jesus, the, the promised Messiah, the one who would come to save his people. This Jesus would grow up to be a profound teacher and a miracle worker, showing people how to enter into the kingdom of God. And this Jesus, 30 years, 30 odd years later, would give his life as a sacrifice to us living a perfect life, a spotless, blameless life. He would take on the sins of the world on the cross, dying in our place, taking the punishment for our sins so that whoever trusts in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The birth of this baby was certainly good news of great joy to all the people. And the shepherds, they had a front row seat and they saw it all firsthand. They were the ones who first encountered Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And they were filled with praise and joy. See, even though the shepherds had been full of fear in the fields, their fears faded when they drew near to the Prince of Peace. And that's true for us as well. Our fears fade when we draw near. To the Prince of Peace. We've experienced another challenging year, an incredibly challenging year. In fact, I would say that 2021 was harder than 2020. Just when we thought that we'd all be off with a fresh start in 2021, it's been a real challenge. And as we conclude this year and head into another, again, we're stepping in to uncharted territory. There's lots of questions. There's lots of so much uncertainty. There's so many things that we just don't know how it's going to all turn out. There's a lot of fear. We don't know what's going to happen. And many of us are living in these fields of fear where joy and peace are being robbed by worry and anxiety. And it seems that, that peace is, is more rare than ever before. It's more elusive in this season than ever before. 
Sometimes I think we, we think that, that peace is the absence of something. It's the absence of anxiety. It's the absence of worry. If I can just get rid of that, that problem, if I can just uh, submit that, that thing for that deadline, if I can just get rid of that stress, then I'll be okay. I'll find some peace. But the reality is we can't find true peace on our own. And when we solve one problem, three more pop up. Uh, when we go on holiday, we're, we're going to be coming back to work at some point. There are just too many factors beyond our control, too many things that are outside our realm of power. We can't find true, lasting peace in our own ability, simply by removing or eliminating all our stresses and our worries. See, peace isn't the absence of something. It's not the absence of anxiety or the absence of worry. Peace is not the absence of something. Peace is found through the presence of someone. And Christmas reminds us of God's invitation to draw near to Him, to experience true peace through God's Son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. See, the, the angels declared uh, Jesus' coming, it, it, that it brought great joy to all people. They proclaimed that his arrival established peace for humankind. And just like those shepherds that first Christmas night, we are all invited to draw near to Jesus, to take hold of the peace and the joy that he offers. Our fears fade when we draw near to the Prince of Peace, because true peace is found in his presence. Listen to what God says through the Apostle Paul. Paul was one of the earliest Christian leaders. He set up a bunch of churches around the place and then he wrote letters to them, encouraging them and telling them how to live this, this life following Jesus. And when Paul wrote a letter to the church at Philippi, he said this. He said, the Lord is near. The Lord is close. The Lord is not far away. He's easily found. This month we've been exploring the Christmas treasure, this parable that the kingdom of God is like treasure found in a field. Well, when a man came across it, he sold everything that he owned in order to buy that field and obtain that treasure. The Lord is near. He is easily found. He is a treasure for us. Paul is saying, draw near to God because the Lord is near. And then he goes on. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is echoing the angels that visited the shepherds. And he's saying that God promises his peace to us. And the promise of that peace is found in the presence of Jesus. The promise of that peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And Paul encourages us to, to find that peace. We, we find that peace when we come near to God, when we give thanks to Him, and when we ask Him to, to figure out the things in our life. Paul says that when we give thanks to God in all circumstances, or when we bring our requests, our petitions to Him, we will draw near to Him and experience His peace. I remember five Christmases ago, we were living overseas, my wife and I and our kids, and Lauren was pregnant with our third child. And on Christmas Eve, 20, 
2017, 2016, whichever year it was, five years ago, 2016. Uh, Christmas Eve, she was actually admitted to the emergency department with some complications with her pregnancy. And it was a crazy day. Over there, uh, they celebrated Christmas, Christmas Eve. And so we, uh, we were all getting ready for a massive Christmas feast. We had a cast of thousands coming over to our house that night. And we had a lot of plans, but then all of our plans got upended as we ended in the emergency department, just waiting, being uncertain, just getting nervous. I remember there sitting in the, the, uh, the, the chair, my foot was kind of bouncing up and down, like nervous tick going all, all, all over. And I remember beginning to worry. I mean, remember beginning to think, what's gonna happen with Lauren? What's gonna happen with our unborn child? And when I stopped thinking about that, I thought, well, what about all of our guests back at home? Uh, what's gonna happen with the food in the oven? What's gonna happen with all the plans that we had? What's even gonna happen about getting to church and celebrating the real meaning of Christmas? As I circled all of those thoughts and I came back to Lauren and the unborn child within her, I was reminded of the true meaning of Christmas, the birth of Jesus. And I remember in that emergency department room, just pausing and giving thanks to God, giving thanks to Him for the gift of His Son, giving thanks to Him for the opportunity to put my trust in Jesus and having an eternal future because I have put my trust in Him giving thanks for the incredible woman who decided, yes, I would like to be your wife. The amazing kids that he had blessed us with already. The fact that we had friends and family coming over for Christmas. Giving thanks for all the things that he had blessed us with. And then I remember saying, God, I'm so thankful, but right now I need your help. Would you help us through this? Would you help us navigate this season together? And I remember in that emergency room, there was just a, an overwhelming sense of peace and clarity that came in that moment. As I drew near to God with thankfulness, with petitions, this peace came over me and there was a real clarity around what to do next. Shortly, the, uh, the doctor came and took Laurie away for some tests and we chatted about how we could best care for her and best care for our guests. And by the end of the night, somehow it was a Christmas miracle. We'd managed to feed everybody at home. The food wasn't burnt. We got Lauren back home and into her bed for a couple of weeks bed rest. And we even managed to take all of our guests out to church to celebrate at the service, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. It was a Christmas miracle. But because of that, that, that um, thankfulness and that petition, there was a significant peace. And my prayer today is that you would find that same peace. Or whatever you're walking through this Christmas, that you would draw near to Jesus through thanksgiving and prayer. See, He knows that our fears fade when we draw near to the Prince of Peace. Because true peace is found in His presence. Today, the fears and anxieties that you might be walking through are not the same as the ones we were throwing lollies out about before. You're not too worried maybe about claustrophobia or, or arachnophobia. There's other more pressing things. You know, you might be worried about what, uh, what your future job or career even looks like in the next little season. You might be uh, concerned, worried about, uh, about where we're at economically and, and how, how uh, the, the finances, the family finances are gonna work for you. Maybe you're worried about your own health or the health of those ones who are close to you, those loved ones close to you. This Christmas, Jesus wants to replace those fears and anxieties with his peace. I wanna encourage you to treasure the peace that Jesus promises through his birth.
Let's draw near to him. Watch our fears fade as we give thanks and bring our requests to God and we experience that peace. This Christmas, I want to invite you to give thanks to God, to bring your requests to him in prayer and to discover the peace that Jesus brings. To help us do that today, we're going to go through a little bit of an activity and uh, uh, I want to invite you, you probably would have got a a, a wristband as you came in on your way in. If you're online, I'm going to share with you how you're going to engage with this in a minute. But as you came in today, you probably got a wristband and a pen. Maybe you didn't get a pen. If you don't have a pen, just shoot your hand up. One of our team would love to get a pen to you. But I'm going to encourage you to do something with this pen and this wristband. I want to encourage you to to, to write a, a prayer of thanks to look back on this season that we've gone through, this last uh, year that we've journeyed, and, and thank God for the blessings that He's poured out. Thank Him for the things you are grateful for, for all the good things. You might just want to write a word, you might have room for a sentence, but write a prayer of thanks. But at the same time, I also want to encourage you to look to the future and just bring to Him the things that you might be uh, needing His answers to prayer on the things that you want to pray and petition Him for, the things that as you look to the future, the things that might be at the moment even giving you worry, giving you anxiety, let's bring them to Jesus. Let's bring our prayers to Him today. If you're online, I want to encourage you to do that in the chat. Just, answer, just write your, uh, your prayer in the chat. What is one thing that you're thankful for? What is one thing that you're praying for? And as we do that, our team are going to play. And, and if, once you finish writing, I want to encourage you just to hold on to this wristband. Don't, don't detach it or anything like that. Just hold on to it. Pray your own prayer of thanksgiving. Pray your own prayer of petition. And allow the peace of God to transcend your understanding and to dwell in your mind and your heart. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through those doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.